Welcome to Tactically Acquired. Our goal is to document military-connected living history in a fun and easy environment. We will capture the stories of our active duty, guard, reservists, veterans, ROTC, and their families, sharing their stories, adventures, and journeys across the military life cycle. The podcast is for anyone interested in joining the military, has been part of the military, or wishes to learn more about military life. In addition, we want to bridge the growing military-civilian divide through education. This is unfiltered, meaning we'll go over the good, the bad, and yes, maybe even the ugly of being a military-connected individual. I'm your host, Rusty Martis, a retired Air Force Mustang and OEF veteran, and I run the Veterans Resource Station at North Kentucky University. Welcome to a special Women Histories Month smash-up featuring an Army National Guard specialist and NKU student, Audrey Rowland, an Air Force retired Dr. Karen O'Connell, an NKU faculty member, Hi, my name is Audrey Rowland. I'm a military police officer in the Army National Guard. I drill over in Richmond, and uh, my unit's a 617th MP unit. Great. Well, my name is Karen O'Connell, um, and I was in the United States Air Force in the Nurse Corps for almost 25 years. Fly, fight, win, right? Absolutely. Aim high. Aim high. There you so, go. Um, and so, and now I am, um, I retired about five years ago. Congratulations. Thank you. And I am faculty here in the School of Nursing. So I've taught um, undergraduate, graduate at the master's and at the doctoral level. To go elsewhere than the state of Kentucky? So National Guard makes up 65% of the deployments. They said that every five years our unit will go out active duty orders and they'll deploy us out to uh, wherever they need us. So at the time, when I came back from basic training, I had a year of training, and they sent us, we they were going to go to Cuba. So that was the plan, and I guess that's how the Army rolls. They were like, yeah, we're, we're changing our minds. We're going to Kuwait, and I was, we're just as excited. You know, we're going to be gone for a year. And then once we were training, did four months of uh, special forces training, they were like, oh, we're, we're just going to either probably send you home or we'll probably send you down to the border. So our mission was we went down to the border, and we did that for a year. I was deployed twice. Okay. Where were you deployed to? So I went to um, Balad mm -hmm. in 2005, 2005, 2006, came back in early 06, and then went to um, Kuwait to Ali al-Salim in 14 and came back in early 15. And what did you do on your deployments? When I was in Balad, I was, um, first I went as the... And Balad where? Balad, Iraq. Okay, just want yes. to make sure. <laughs> um, I went originally as an ICU nurse. Okay. Because in the Air Force at the time, our specialty code for emergency and critical care was the same. And anybody who knows anything mm -hmm. about an emergency room and an ICU knows they're not the, the same. same. <laughs> and one of my fears the whole time I had that specialty code was that someone was going to go, oh, look, it's an ICU nurse. And not just that, a certified ICU nurse. No, no, I'm a certified ER nurse. Mm. So this was right after Hurricane Katrina. And there was a group from Biloxi which took a big hit from Hurricane Katrina that was supposed to deploy. And so they scrambled to backfill. Uh -huh. So I was a backfill 
And they said, well... Close enough. Huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I freaked out a little bit, and I just started pulling all the critical care stuff I could and reviewing and headed to blood. Um, while I was there, the um, army ha that had been, was deployed there, was redeploying, was pulling out, and they were doing some moving around within the hospital, so they moved me to the ER. So I, I was the ICU nurse manager. So when I got there and they told me I was going to be the nurse manager, I was like, I can do that. Um, and then they moved me to the ER as the nurse manager. Wow. And so I finished out in the ER. So that was a true trauma ER. We didn't see anything but trauma. Right. There was a clinic. If you sprained your ankle or, you know, fall down, go boom, mm -hmm. you went to the clinic. But we took the guys from the battlefield. Right. So you were basically stabilizing them, getting them aerovac or getting them off to probably lung stool or Germany yeah, or somewhere we, else. Yeah, we stabilized, did surgery. Mm -hmm. um, we did have, like I said, we had um, three six-bed pods for ICU and I want to say two 12-bed like medical surgical pods while I was there. So we would stabilize them, send them to surgery. If they needed to get out of country, we put them on the Aravac and sent them back to Germany. Well, in that time frame too, that was some pretty active time frame. I'm sure you were pretty, pretty active and or busy, for lack of a better term. They were very busy. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, um, I guess. Yeah, there's that old adage about ER being hours of boredom followed by moments mm -hmm. of terror. If you could go back and give yourself advice before you left for boot camp, what would you tell yourself? I would tell myself, keep going, don't give up, and push, push, push. And that's exactly what I did. Like... When I went, I didn't have the best experience. I mean, I, I'm five foot two. I'm 115 pounds. When I joined, I had bad hips. And when I was rucking, I ended up fracturing my femur. And I had stress fractures, like level three, almost level four. And when I went to uh, the medic, they told me that if I stop, they're going to restart me and that I won't make it. You know, they said to stay on my crutches and uh, keep pushing, you know, and then do not do anything. So I was about, I was close to actually restarting. And I told my dad on Sunday when we had the phone call, I was like, hey, I don't think I'm going to make it. I said, I'm going to, I might take another five months to get back home. And you know, things changed, and the last probably week or so, I stopped using my crutches, and they used that last week to, like, or if anyone that missed certain things or important things, like grenade toss or army crawl through, like, certain things or the ranges, we'd have that week to make it up. You know what? I through my crutches. I was like, you know what? I'm ready. I'll, I want to see my parents. And I pushed that whole week. I even did that, what was it, 16-mile ruck. I actually ran it. You know, I saved up all that energy for three months that I had to graduate. So yeah. on my last lap, everyone knew that I was struggling. They, the drill sergeant at the time, he told everyone to run behind me and to cheer me on. And everyone thought that was the greatest moment. So I have all everyone, like 300 people chasing after me, running through the last lap. And once I got it, you know, 
everyone was cheering and happy for me and being supportive. And the drill sergeant said that's, that's one of the best moments in my, like, drill sergeant career, seeing that, you know. And I worked hard to that. Like, I didn't want to give up. I wanted to see my family. I wanted to make it through it. I was not going to give up. That was not an option for me. Uh, that's awesome, first of all. Second of all, I hope you have a picture somewhere <laughs> that shows that. And I want to see you carrying a 50-pound rack, 115-pound pipe, <laughs> running down there with all those people behind you. That would just be amazing. Oh, do absolutely everything. Don't turn anything down. There were very few things that I turned down, but don't turn anything down. Just um, and, and I don't know about the other services. Mm -hmm. But the Air Force knows what you need. I don't know how, but it does. I didn't want to move to the ER at my first duty station. I moved to the, I found a love of ER nursing there you when I got moved to the ER. Um, I did not want to, um, I, when they first asked me to take the nurse transition program, I said, wait a minute, I am in the job that I have wanted, like, for half of my career, I have wanted to be like in charge of the ER. Mm -hmm. I'm making a difference because I can support my people, I can support my patients, I can make sure they have everything's going perfect. And you know, this was it was like my my dream job. And then they want me to go play with second lieutenants. Right. Why? So I struggled and I called a friend of mine, one of my mentors, and I said, They want me to go do this. And she's like, I don't know what your problem is. Just do it. And I was like, but, <laughs> so I did, you know, and, and the things that I've done, I never would have done if I had yeah. taken them on. So take it on and don't, the other pieces, when you're not on duty, enjoy where you're at. Mm, yeah, absolutely. A lot of people just don't, they're like, oh, you know, people, oh, why not my not? Don't go right. to my not, don't go to my not. I know people who loved my not. Mm -hmm. It's all in what you put into it. Absolutely. That's, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah don't sit in a dorm, right? No, don't <laughs> Get sit out in the and dorm. experience life. Exactly. Those yep. four walls in Germany are going to look the same as in my art. So go. don't there do it. I love it. Why did you choose to come to NKU? NKU, well, it's close to where I live, and it's it's home, and it's it's literally five down five minutes down the road for me. So I, and I love NKU. They, they have a good... Uh, um, support system here and VRS like they, I get a lot of help and information if I have any questions it's a small college like I just love being here and and they have what I need here to excel so as a student now you said you had a job kind of while you're on terminal leave you were helping how did that help with your transition out of service you know at the at the time I really thought I'd I can't not do something, mm -hmm. right? Because that tempo, when you're on active duty, whether you're deployed or not, there's just that tempo that you're constantly moving. Um, and I thought, oh, I've got to have a job. I got to have a job. I got to have a job. The other thing is, you know, I'm, I'm, my husband has had jobs every place we've gone, but not like, oh, we're just going to move position places, and he's going to have that same job, right? Because yeah. he's. So it was one of those, and I wasn't really sure how much money I was going to make on my retirement because they don't really tell, tell you that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was kind of con I was concerned. So I did, you know, jump in and, and get that. So I, it caused me stress 
for those last few months before I got on terminal leave because it was like, you probably know the, the system here to be hired is like, I tell people, it's NK, not a fast process. NKU <laughs> makes the Air Force look speedy <laughs> when it comes to administration yeah. kind of things. And so that was a little stressful. Um, trying to find a place to live was a little stressful. You know, all of those kind of things that were very stressful. Um, kind of had them all set. And then I jumped in and I thought it was it was good. And for me, I think it was good. But as, in hindsight, and as I've had other friends retire and they've kind of taken some time, they've not really jumped right into something, or a couple that have have already changed jobs within mm-hmm. Two years yep. or so of retirement, they're like, eh, not what I thought it was going to be. Um, and that's common, by the way. Hiring our heroes did a survey and um, found that about eighty percent will change jobs within two years after separating from the service. So. And and having kind of lived mm-hmm. it, I understand. Yeah, because you you have expectations because especially if you've been in the service for many years mm-hmm. and you've gone from place to place, and it it's the same. Right. Right, yep. you know that you know you know the rules. You know how the game is played. Every place you go, you may not know the specific people yet, right. but it's the same. Yeah, and when you leave, it's not. Yeah. It's so different that um, I I think that um, taking some time and kind of realizing that hey, that job that you grab right, right out of the service may not be your passion right or what you wind up doing in a couple years so i think taking some time if you can to kind of feel the water out before you jump in absolutely a good idea absolutely if you could give a piece of advice to someone thinking about going into the service what would it be don't give up and keep going because it's worth it in the end like Without it, you know, I, you know, I got free college. Like all I had to do was do OSET training, five months of training. It was it was crazy training, but when I came back for, from it, I got, you know, free college, and I also got insur like good insurance. Like you can't beat that insurance. And also being gone from that deployment, I got to buy my very first car. It's a 2021 Jeep Wrangler. That's paid off already, by the way. <laughs> That's awesome. So, I mean, it set me up for life. Like, all my friends that are going through college, they're going to be in debt. Whereas I came, I went through the military, I'm in zero debt. I don't, I haven't paid anything. You know, I, I'm set up for life. Like, I'm set up for success. Um, you know, if, the, if somebody out there is listening to this and is considering joining the military, go for it. Go for it. It's four to six years of your life. If you don't like it, you'll walk away. But you've got more experience than somebody standing next to you who didn't. That's one of the things I used to tell my new nurses. Yeah. Said, in, you know, in four years, when you're done, you know, because they usually have a four to six year commitment, about four years, contact some of your friends from nursing school. Find out what they're doing. And I can guarantee you that you will have done more than they did. Absolutely. That's great advice. More experience. So absolutely jump on there. If you're a veteran, thank you so much for your service. I honor your sacrifice. I honor your family's sacrifice. I had the privilege 
of serving with my heroes and caring for my heroes for 25 years um, and just stay the fight up there if you're if you're struggling if you are struggling please please reach out um, one of the, one of my future plans is I'm going to be working with veterans mental health um, 22 suicides a day is disgusting absolutely and it needs to stop yeah and Reach that's out. and that's one of the main reasons that uh, we have a veteran resource station here at NKU because we know that 75% of all military members transitioning out will go to college. They may not stay in college the entire time unless they have that support system, uh, mm -hmm. but we want to make sure that we are able to support not only them, but the community as well. Thank you both so much for being here. Thank you so Thank much you. for having us. Thank you.